to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. And joining me this afternoon, um, I've got a business owner, um, chef, uh, who owns the great effing pasta, uh, egg and flour, which uh, has locations in both the Crossroads Collective on the east side as well as in Bayview. Um, very excited to talk to him about his restaurant and what goes into it and why he does what he does. Adam Pollack, thank you for joining me today. How's it going, Ben? Thanks for having me, buddy. You bet. How are you doing today? We're doing good, man. It's a, it's a quiet little Monday. I'm glad that we have some time to just sit down and I don't have to worry about anything but, uh, but this. You know, we're doing good, though. Hell yeah. Yeah, what'd you do today so far? So, you know, my Mondays are like administrative office work. So I stop at Bayview, I stop at Eastside, I get things taken care of. Uh, there's always something to, to catch up on, you know, but Mondays I try to take for myself at least half the day for myself, for sure. Solid, solid, yeah. I, honestly, it's weird because, yeah, usually Mondays are pretty lax for me compared to the other days of the week. Sure. Um, I write for Breaking and Entering, the music blog, and usually, like, the heaviest days for us are Fridays. Like, sure. you know, I, because I don't work the nine to five, um, my week has a different circadian rhythm than most people. Of course, uh, I feel you on that one, man. My weekends are crazy busy, and then hopefully I can get a few few chill nights in the week but yeah I, I hear you man it's it's not always uh that nine to five lifestyle for us totally yeah um but i'm not complaining i enjoy that a lot so what we talk about a mr nice guy we talk love and fear passion and creativity first time um i tried egg and flour uh was about a year ago around this time around a year yeah. ago yeah. Went over to the Crossroads Collective because I I just heard, you know, people have been raving about it. Um, I so I wanted to check it out, and I went in and I ordered the bucatini, and it was so good, man. It was so fantastic. I loved it so much. I was the waiting. Food. You uh, you built that up pretty heavily. I wasn't sure if you would be like, and it was disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't be here if I if I uh, was disappointed. <laughs> but no, no, no that, that's awesome, man. Yeah, man, I really enjoyed it, and um, I've been eager to get back. Um, but um, uh, before we talk about everything going on nowadays, Adam, first tell me, uh, are you from Milwaukee? Yeah. So. Uh... One thing, just sidetrack, you should definitely go back and let me know if it tastes the same from a year ago. That'd be awesome. I will. I, I will do that just for you. Love yeah. you. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for for when it comes to me, I'm born and raised in Bayview. So uh, I'm back in the, in my uh, home neighborhood, in my little area uh, in Milwaukee. But I've been here my whole life. I've obviously traveled and cooked in other cities and states and whatnot and got around. But uh I've always called this home. I've always worked in the industry here. Uh, a lot of my family's from here and uh, just worked through the ranks. And it's kind of crazy, you know, to now have two spots uh, in the hometown. So I'm definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. But the goal would be to leave at some point, hopefully, in life. For sure. Totally. Yeah, I get that. 
Um, yeah, so I guess uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about like what really kind of sparked your initial interest in the culinary arts. Sure. So like uh, to, just to get off to start here, my family where I'm 75% Sicilian. So food's always been in my, you know, in my wheelhouse of eating food and trying new food and cooking along and understanding like what's what and, and what belongs with what and just your basic stuff, you know, um, with my mom. And then my brother has always cooked as well. He actually went to culinary school. He's uh, two years older than me and he's been around food. So for me, my very first job I ever had was a pizza place. I was in, uh, I was about like 14 and right by my house and it was just weekends only and we, and I, but I worked, you know, four till probably past the legal time for a 14 year old back then. But you know, we're there till two in the morning slinging pizzas and that was my very first job. And uh, I went from that right into a, a, another cooking job, you know, because I felt like, hey, this is where I started. I know a little bit, it's easy. I know the basics around my, or my way around the kitchen. And the next job came and the next job came and, and every job just ended up being in a kitchen and being around food. And I was totally all about it. It was never one of those, oh man, I gotta go to work, you know, or, um, back then I learned more than I ever could, you know, cause I was so new to it and so fresh that I had questions every day and I felt good with, uh, with learning more. And I only, I knew that the only way to make more money and to move up in the, in the chain was to just ask questions and to get more experience and whatnot. And, you know, 16 years later, we're here, you know, quite an odyssey, my friend, quite an odyssey. <laughs> It's been interesting. I've done everything from the pizza to burgers to to Italian food to to not Italian food to you know uh, island food, and it's taken me all over the place. And just it's it's pretty wild, but I it it makes a lot of sense that I'm back here doing just pasta. And now that my spots are just pasta, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, totally. You got like a a focal point, which is yeah. always exciting. Yeah. So it's to be able to have something that you can, you know, the food can go in so many directions, but when you're at a, when you have a restaurant where you can just focus on one style of food and really hone in on that and try to perfect it and change it. And, and obviously, you know how I am, uh, do things to it that usually you wouldn't do to it, um, which is kind of my thing right now. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, my brain's not all over the place with food. I, I can focus, you know, and, and be better. You've always felt in your element when you've like, you know, been in kitchen jobs and whatever, like you mentioned that like you didn't, you never like really groaned going into work. Like you always just kind of felt for a, a natural connection. Yeah. I mean, I went to college for all of 24 minutes and uh, in 24 minutes I, I packed up my backpack and I just walked out and I was just like, I, this is not for me. I'm just going to go back to work, you know? And uh and just, and now that I look at it is I was, Hey, I'm getting paid to learn. I'm not paying someone to teach me. Um, and I'm also learning probably quicker than I probably could in, you know, a normal college or whatever. And I had the option to leave and go somewhere else. I had the option of how many hours I worked. I mean, when I was out of high school and I was 18, I was probably working, you know, 60 to 70 to 80 hours a week, no problem. And I had no problem doing that. So it was kind of like, pay to play or get played, uh, get paid to play, you know, and I like that route. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. That's the way to go. So that being said, what, I guess like, where did the idea 
first originate where you had thought of opening your own uh, eating establishment? Where did it kind of start? Yeah, sure. So obviously this wasn't on my mind, uh, you know, eight, nine, 10 years ago when I was like, oh, it'd be so awesome to own a restaurant one day, you know, and I always knew that I wanted to do my own place because, you know, working through all these places, you find things that you could do better or that the owner could do better or whatever, but in the end, it's not your spot. So you can't really make those decisions until you have your own place and tons of ideas and just to be able to say that it's mine it's easy for me to say, Hey, I, I always knew I was going to do this. Well, I, I didn't know that, you know? Um, but getting into egg and flour specifically is it's just like, it kind of happened quicker than I thought. You know, I thought my first restaurant was going to be like a fine dining Italian restaurant with the white tablecloth and the reservations only and fancy everything. And, and now we're here a year and a half later and I'm doing, Italian food, but it, you know, it's affordable and it's quick and it, you can put it into go containers and in a bag and you're done. And that's totally okay. But a lot the idea of egg and flour essentially came from when I went to the food hall. Um, it was actually open before I got in there. It was open for about, I think five or six months, I believe, um, before I even went into the space. So great space. Awesome. Checked it out. Knew some people that were already in there doing their food and wanted to just support, you know, and the one booth that is now currently egg and flour was the only booth open in the whole space. Everything was taken. And that was the only one right by the window, by the front door. And I said, Hey, you know, maybe this is a chance for me to try something out. And, you know, if it, maybe if it goes South, it's okay. I can jump back on the chef train and try to get a job somewhere, but Hey, maybe it'll work out really good. It'll be something that I want to do and maybe it'll grow into more which is, uh, I'm happy that was the outcome. So uh, getting the actual concept together is tough, you know, because you can only do so much out of that small space. You're far away from the kitchen. Things pretty much have to be hot held or done right there or done fresh or in it. And, you know, you can't have 20 page menu. You know, this isn't a, this isn't an American restaurant where you sit down right. and through the menu to pick it's something. Just this is no blues egg, you know, <laughs> as much as I love blues egg and Joe shout out to you guys. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you can have maybe 10 menu items max. I mean, unless you're really ambitious, people do it uh, and they, and they do a great job. But for us and what we did small menu, um, easy to articulate are easy to understand, easy to understand what kind of place we are, you know, and then I just started thinking about the places I've gone before. You know, I've gone to small style pasta bars or, you know, you think of the, the fresh cooked pasta that's just real quick and easy. There's a place in the UK that does something kind of similar, but they only serve one dish. Like literally it's just one dish only, um, but it's real quick and it's out of a little, uh, they actually, it's in an outdoor market. And I've done research, you know, up until it, and we figured out uh, our system and how it worked and, the system starting so small was actually like, you know, it was, it was the foundation for what we do now and what we're going to go do moving forward just at a smaller level, but it was easy to understand it at a small scale, you know, and kind of perfect it and get it down and make sense and, you know, not, not push ourselves too crazy and not do too much where like the product is it's hindered, you know, we wanted to kind of hone it in. And if you walk in there a year and a half later, our menu is the same. Totally dope. Yeah, like people can always count on 
like the the enriched experience of yeah yeah of course like you know it's you know exactly like what your um like what your your target is and you know you're still innovative because i know you guys have like the specials and stuff oh yeah definitely speaking of which the one to the one today looks so good man the (laughs) is that the bacon butter yeah, man. Rab- mushroom wraps over on the east side, and then we were doing like Italian sausage and broccoli pesto one on in Bayview, you know, for the, the bad weather. But uh, we have tons of ideas, and we, we're trying to do a lot, and we're trying to be new. But yeah, dude, we, we want to be, you know, our analogy is McDonald's. You can go there and get a McDouble or a McChicken or a fish fillet sandwich, whatever, and people know that that's what it's going to taste like. That's what they want. And it's like a palate to, to mind uh, connection, you know? You, you can think about it in your mind of what it's going to taste like and what you want. And it should always be the same. You know, that's our goal is the consistency. So when you do eat it, that connection to your palate and to what you were thinking about kind of comes together. And you're like, hey, that was the Bucatini I ate a year and a half ago, you know, and it's the same thing. With that fantastic Alfredo sauce. Yes, in the cheese wheel. They stir it around in the giant cheese wheel, and uh, it's one of my favorites. I mean, it's classic. You know, it'll never, it'll never go away. Certainly. So it's called egg and flour because those are that's the pasta you make from scratch. That's the. It's basically the foundation. Sure. So a funny thing about egg and flour is kind of like a Burger King or you know something like that, where they serve other things in burgers. So our egg and flour. Uh, recipe is you know the most you know it's when people think about that that's what they think our pasta which is going to be a good thing to tell all you out there is our pasta at egg and flour is actually water and semolina flour that comes out of the machine so it is actually all vegan but when we do raviolis or stuffed pasta or something special like that it is an egg yolk and all-purpose flour recipe um, but just for people out there that think that we're, we can't do vegan or whatever, our pasta has eggs in it. Not all of it does. Our regular menu pasta is vegan. It's just water and semolina flour to our ratio that we do that comes out of the machine. So, but egg and flour is definitely two ingredients that people would connect together. You know, that, that nice yellow sheen pasta ball dough when it's all done, you know, that's what they think about, you know. Totally. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, so I guess uh, do you want to walk us through? Um, I know there's, um, there's, there's. I mean, are both the menus mostly the same for both locations, or are there slight deviations? Yeah, so we have a few. We have a few differences in the space, and obviously that comes down the size, efficiency, and you know amount of staff, and and it and it being our own. So um, at the baby at the east side location, our original one. We have six different pastas with a rotating special. We have three salads and our side bread with two different options, okay? The entire menu at the east side is also available at uh, Bayview. So we have a section that's classic, which is everything from the east side. And then when you go over to Bayview, you have a section called Signature, which is special to Bayview. And that's another five pastas that we added specifically for there. but the one on the east side, we actually currently just uh, pretty recently, I think two weeks ago, we added some new menu items that you, there's one that you can't get at Bayview and that's the carbonara that's actually on the menu at the east side now, regular menu. Um, and we can, and you can add chicken on the east side. So on Bayview, the thing that you can't get at the east side that you can get at Bayview is we add meatballs. 
So you can add meatballs or chicken just like over there. Um, but we want to make it kind of different, but kind of the same, you know. We don't want to kind of cannibalize ourselves. So it's kind of nice to be able to do different specials at either location. And, and some people um, really like that. Some people hate us when they live on the east side and they want the special we're doing in Bayview, you know. But that's just uh, something that we've come up with and something that we found uh, has worked best for us and just being organized and, and consistent and it, it's been working out and we appreciate the people that have been coming out it's been wild oh yeah man for sure because you you also opened the second location in such a chaotic period of time like it was like beginning well, we, of quarantine well, well we didn't know covid was a thing so the only thing that we heard about when we were opening was that like, the NBA might get like shut down for a couple of weeks or something, whatever. That's where we were at. So we actually opened six days before there was any real COVID talk. And then the seventh day that we tried to open, Potawatomi shut down. So we were like, hey, if they're going to shut down, we're going to take this seriously. We shut it down um, on the seventh day of being open. And then we COVID actually came. So thank God we had a we had a great first six days. And then COVID came. We were closed for five months, and now we are about two months uh, reopened. Uh, yeah, and you know I've noticed from just observing on social media and whatnot that the community has rallied to support their local eating establishments. So it's it's going oh. good right now. And that's in general, yeah. I feel like everyone's uh, getting the love, and I think the message is. I mean, we always say support local, but right now, I think just talking to some people, and this doesn't mean stop doing what you're doing, and we're all good, you know, and go back to normal life. Like, you know, I would love people to substitute maybe their their corporate uh, meals, you know, maybe two more a week, and just pick somewhere, you know, get a list together of a bunch of places and kind of just rotate it and don't go once and then see them in a year, you know, like try to roll into these places. And I, and I, I'm a hundred percent. will tell everyone right now, if you go in a multiple times a week, if you find something you like, they will remember you, they will take care of you. You know, they will give you better service than anywhere out there. And uh, I, that's speaking for, you know, my service industry people out there, whether it's a bar or a restaurant, or whatever, we all know that, we start seeing the same people rolling in there. Those are the VIPs. Those are the people we appreciate. And we will definitely, you know, take care of them. If we see that, you know, that support, it's crazy, man. Like even, and we've done numbers and even doing 10 to 15 more people, you know, whether it's a day or a week or whatever, the numbers change drastically. So when you, when the numbers look like a lot, but when you break it down to how many people you'd like to do more, it, it comes down to like 10 people a day. So people need to keep that in mind and be like, hey, maybe I'm that 10th person today. Maybe I'm that eighth person that, that really okay. set, the, set the difference between a crappy day and holy crap, we're, this is awesome. We're doing well, you know, and we yeah. can. Absolutely. And the more consistent you are as a customer, the more you can, you know, um, you can reach other folks looking to try something new that, you know, yeah would also benefit greatly from the experience and yeah, then we need to overlap customers, you know, by the time one person's been in there and they come back, we need that repeated, you know, so that every day, hopefully there's different people in there. And, you know, that really helps too, is to just be like, Hey, maybe my favorite places might need a little bump this, this month or this week yeah. or something, you know, and not be the people that, that love the places once they announce they're closing. You know, we know how that goes. You know, everyone says that's my favorite place. You know, that's my, but 
we need that same energy all the time. You know, we're putting in that energy daily, you know, and we're hoping that uh, we just get through this good winter. But, you know, people have been awesome. We appreciate Bayview and, and the East Side customers and anyone that's come from surrounding. We have people from all over that come and we do not take it for granted because there's, you know, there's slow days, you know, and there's yeah. busy days. But we, we got to just get through this winter and we need people, whether it's to go or whatever. We'll, we'll do anything, you know, to go and or dine in or whatever you need. Oh yeah, man. Uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate, you know, that mindset very much because, you know, if there's anything, so, you know, obviously with 2020 has been a hellscape, you know, like it's been horrible in so many different dimensions of whether it's politically, environmentally, just with public health crisis going on right now, what has been my personal, like, What's been my, what is always like not only my own personal like saving grace, but also the catalyst for enriching personal relationships right now is local dining. Sure. Like that has been what has been getting me through COVID and quarantine is finding and investing in local eateries and trying new places. Like this year, I, you know, I, like I would go to Cactus Club all the time but I wasn't eating in Bayview a whole lot. And now I've tried so many great spots in Bayview. Bayview, I think, has some of the best food in the city. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, like, I, I recognize that it's a, um, you know, it's, it's a strong undertaking to, you know, continue, like, doing business right now through, through the pandemic and having to drastically alter your operations and whatnot and like, you know, limit your, your uh, capacity and whatnot. But I commend all the, the small business owners that are making and that are making it work right now and that are continuing to serve their communities in times of so much confusion and times of despair and existential dread, you know, like, yeah, it's the thing about it is it's not like we're we're on the calendar making an X every day and be like, okay, we just need to get to here. Yeah. That's the thing that people understand. There's no one day that's going to be like, all right, everyone's cool, we're all good. Let's let's uh, let's celebrate. You know, that's the problem is that some people are going to make it through it sooner than others. Some won't make through it, and some will take longer. You know, which uh, it's just time will kind of tell. You know, it's difficult. That's the problem. Like most of us are like, hey. Let's get through winter. Let's get through February. Let's get through some people in Walker's Point. Hey, let's get through the festival season. They love it, but it's slow, you know, and there's different things where they're like, we just got to make it to this date and then we'll be back on track. We've seen the numbers, but now it's like, hey, it's not like we're waiting till March 1st or April 1st or May 1st, whatever it is, and then saying we're all good. Let's get back to regular scheduled programming. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, we need to keep fighting, keep being different, keep serving people uh, for as long as it takes. There's no deadline. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, people can't be so like, you know, like incrementally or spatially oriented with the way they're treating the pandemic and treating like life going back to normal or whatever that even means anymore. Like, you know, we have to, we have to follow these protocols as long as we have to. And, uh, 
Yeah, um, it's going to be different. You know, some states, some cities, some areas are always going to be different. And I think that that's what it's going to come down to is just like who who's doing what and who's and, you know, when it comes down to it right now, it's not very uh, we're not very locked down. The only things that we cannot do are the fun things. <laughs> Everything right. else in life is oh, our our state is the worst right now. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, worst. And that's the thing that sucks is that like the, the shitty parts of life still go on, but all the fun stuff has to go on hold. You know, you still got to pay bills and make things happen and go to work and all that, but there's no concerts or shows or, you know, it's not fun to call your other chef buddy. And he's like, yeah, we are slow tonight, you know, or we're slow this week or, Hey, we're going to be closing up the restaurant. I mean, that's, that stuff's not fun, you know, and it's, it's hard to turn around the, the, the most time I see, people come together you know as like holidays and like and special events within their families you know that's yeah. the only thing I'm really seeing is like people are coming together with their families a little bit more and maybe appreciating that time other than maybe instead of going to a concert or something or watching something on tv they're they're hanging out with their mom or their grandma or something which when they normally wouldn't have to which I guess is cool you know they kind of understand the importance of life than all the things around it you know yeah for sure so um how did you kind of uh i'm, I'm interested in like how you sort of formulated some of the the recipes you know like how like um did it just come from a lot of um you know personal trial and error like I'm, i'd love to hear how you developed the menu sure so uh, a lot of the menu development was done with things that i have done in the past obviously a lot of the restaurants I've worked at or been the been at the helm they've always had some sort of pasta dish on them and then you got to think of uh who's my target audience you know so I probably had you know you've seen how many specials I've had so imagine how many specials had to get tweaked down to making a menu <laughs> to, you know like these are the five that made it you know and this menu that I've come up with, I just call it like the holy five because it's the five dishes that we will always have. You know, that's kind of what built it. And I feel like they're all built on something that can fit everyone. You know, so we have, like, we can go down the menu and we can say, you know, the bucatini and the cream is a class, is kind of like an Alfredo. Okay, we got that. The tomato with the bucatini, that's like your classic tomatoes you know, your tomato sauce and spaghetti. Who doesn't want that with a bunch of cheese? You know, that has to be on there, you know. Um, then you got the shells with the mac and cheese. We're, we're not an Italian restaurant. We're just a pasta bar. So why not have a really awesome mac and cheese? And it's just, and it's simple, but it's awesome, you know. So it's the cheese sauce, the bacon, chives, breadcrumbs, a little bit more cheese. So you got that, and that's good for kids. That's good for someone that maybe you know, isn't Italian or doesn't like Italian food, but they like pasta and they like mac and cheese, you know, right. who knows? Right. I don't know who doesn't like Italian food, shame on them, but yeah. uh, they're out there. Uh, I, yeah. Then you get into the, uh, the pappardelle with the bolognese, which is just a, a meat sauce. It's a great meat option, especially with uh, the way that the food hall was set up and our booth and everything. It's a sauce that is literally, it's a meat sauce. So we can hold it easily. We can use it. And it's also one of the number one, you know, well-known pasta sauces in the world is bolognese, you know, so that hit the menu. You know, we contemplate doing meatballs. We contemplate doing bolognese, but it just worked out that that's what we can do. And it pulled and we, we, we made it work. And 
we go from that into the pesto dishes. So we always have the herb pesto, the basil pesto. That's like a classic, you know, one of my favorites, a little bit lighter, something that's just not all up in your face, you know. Um, and we knew that we were going to be using pesto for other things as well. So all these things are nice to be able to, you know, to cross over and use for other dishes or know that we can, we can combine them to make hundreds of other dishes, you know, as people have seen before. Um, and then, you know, a nice salad. The salad was uh, built around the Olive Garden salad, which is like one of my favorite salads on earth. Uh, kind of some inspiration about from there. The caprese is definitely one of a kind uh, that I kind of came up with and just kind of tweaked and, and has all the basic flavors, but my own twist to it. You know, that's how a lot of my food is, is I like classics. I don't like fucking with classics, but I like to put a little bit of a twist to them just so it's not the same old stuff all the time, you know. Uh, and we just uh, added the Caesar over on the east side. So we have a great Caesar over there. Um, and we also added a, our small appetizer that we do at Bayview. It's the pesto with the burrata mozzarella cheese with the side of bread. So we added all that stuff over to the east side. We were ready for expansion. We know it was our hot items over at Bayview. So menu development was kind of just like, hey, what are the things that will probably be like, you know, requested the most too? You know, I had to put myself in that booth before we even open and be like, oh man, someone's going to come up here and ask for something with meat someone's gonna come up here and ask for alfredo someone's gonna say i just want basic tomato you know i kind of tried to troubleshoot all those problems by picking these things you know i would love to have the you know the mac and cheese with the cool ranch doritos on it or the or you know these crazy dishes that have that aren't usually seen i would love to have them on the menu if maybe i had a larger space or you know or yeah. that something that we wanted to do but if we were going to take one, what was to say we couldn't take another one? And we, like I said, we had probably 40 lined up ready to choose from um, to hit the actual menu. And and it's all about hitting the sweet spot. Do we have enough? Do we not have enough? Do we, you know, it's, that was the, the interesting thing. Cause you can always add, you can't, you don't want to take things away from people. You know, <laughs> that's probably the worst thing. We can always add things. No one's going to get mad about having more right. But if you have a bunch of options and then you open up and you realize that there's no way in hell we can execute this at the standards that I have, uh, you're screwed, you know? Yeah, that's a good point, certainly. Um, and that kind of segues well into my final question here, which is what, uh, what are your plans for uh, as we kind of settle into 2021 here um, um, in a couple of months? That's a golden question, man. Yeah. What are your plans? Uh, well, well, we have, I just announced that we did that. We're doing the Salty Seattle uh, collaboration. She's like a pasta god on Instagram and YouTube. She's coming down. I met her last year. So that's kind of exciting. We're gearing up for that. That'll be in November. Um, but as for my future, you know, we, we have been working on a new project. So we have a new project that hopefully will be ready for, you know, maybe late at late or early 21 hopefully that's what we're shooting for um is it an egg and flour is it something else i don't know yet i can't say but we are we have been working on it through quarantine and i've been staying busy in those last five months not only getting bayview ready but working on this new project and uh 
the future for me is hopefully opening like a, uh, I've always wanted to do a taco place or a burger restaurant, whether it's fast casual or a nice spot, whatever. Uh, obviously got the burger tattoo. So nice. that's my, oh, yeah. that's my, uh, my, oh, yeah. I know my burgers and I know my tacos. Am I ever going to open one? I don't know. I would love to either one or the other. I wouldn't want to do both, but if I had one, I could let the other one go, but yeah. doing one of those and then hopefully and maybe if world gets a little bit better and we're 2023 20, or something i would love to get my uh 15 seat restaurant open my fine dining restaurant maybe someday if uh if we can get the world under control and there's a light at the end of the tunnel that's that's the goal of then just probably move <laughs> out of yeah. out of city i want to open all these things in the city and if something happens where i have an opportunity to go somewhere else in the country or wherever to open sign that'd be great i just know the work that it takes even in your hometown i can only imagine the trouble it would be if you you know you weren't from there or you 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 stay if i stay in milwaukee and i'm trying to open something in another state i just know how difficult those things can be um, but the goal to be with, for me is to, you know, leave the United States or leave Wisconsin for sure, uh, a little bit later in life, but for sure, always doing food, being around food. Uh, we plan on having egg and flour around, around as long as people will eat it. And I don't think they're done anytime soon. That's for sure. I hope not. We're, yeah. we're, still, we're still bringing some new stuff and we're still excited and just getting our groove in right now. So I hope people are still, uh, still all about it you know we'll, we'll bring the consistency and we'll uh we'll bring back the favorites and we'll do all that stuff we we appreciate it way more we're super small oh yeah small business yeah dude i mean i admire your uh, hopeful entrepreneurial and culinary optimism uh, sure. about the next couple of years and uh yeah i look forward to the new project you have in store for next year uh we yeah. uh yeah so as on our way out here, Adam, um, two closing questions I ask everybody. Sure. What, what keeps you up at night? Uh, probably the 20 employees that I have looking after because I actually do care even if I'm not at work. You know, I'm kind of responsible for all that, you know. And then obviously the, uh, the, phone, the dreaded phone call like, hey, I can't come in or hey, the place is burning or, whatever. you know, it's always about business. And then... Uh, you know, just how to keep going, you know, that's, that's like the hardest, man. You know, you got to stay motivated and the mind's always moving. Sure. It's very rare that I go to bed without anything on my mind. <laughs> I, I relate to that a lot too. Um, yeah, I'm a, very, I'm a very or agenda oriented person. Um, yeah. And I always anticipate that going into the next day. Of course. But, yeah, it, what, uh, it sucks less than when it comes. You're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I was already ready for it. Yeah, for sure. What's uh, so? The second question is, what puts you to sleep? Oh man, good music and uh, you know, so just good music, good vibes, man. Hell yeah, man. Um, if anyone knows me, they know what puts me to sleep and just chilling out and relaxing and not having any stress, you know, or a or a huge uh, meal. You know, put yeah. down a great meal and just close my eyes and, and I'm done for, man. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I, I hear that for sure. I, I, yeah, I sleep, uh, 
pretty well, mostly. Um, yeah, same. I'm not saying that my nights I'm tossing and turning, worrying about the restaurant, you know. But, right, right. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. But those those comforts at the end of the night, you know, um, I I personally like a good nightcap. Like I love to have a couple beers before bed and just enjoy with some Netflix. Sure. But cooking a very nice meal at night is a very rewarding experience that you it just adds so much to the day's accomplishment of course know? and then you're eating it and like i said the food coma and, and you know you you it's a lot of work to cook people don't understand especially if it's a good meal it takes a lot to 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 do that and you're ready man i i feel the same way i love cooking having the meal having some wine chilling out and just being done with the day tuning out you know what, Adam? Actually, I do have one more question for you. Let's hear it, man. Um, how would you describe yourself as, like, like uh, yourself as a personal chef versus a professional one? Like when you're like cooking at home and stuff outside of the restaurant. But how do you kind of like uh, distinguish yourself in that way? Uh, honestly, I probably cook like really really like comfort food easy food when i'm at home like like last week i made meatloaf you know or i'll make i'll literally make a super easy pasta or i'll make mac and cheese just super simple and then i think when i'm at work my brain is always trying to push the limits it's always trying to break some sort of rule i'm always trying to do something that like i maybe i don't even like it but i want to do it because i know people would be into it you know so that's how I would say I'm different. You know, I'm kind of, I like the classics. I don't mind calling up a pizza place. I don't mind, you know, making meatloaf or making some burgers. I don't need to make steaks and foie gras and, and lobster for myself. You know, I'm around that a lot. I like to eat uh, the, the good stuff, you know, because I'm not always around it all the time. I'm always around pasta, which I eat a lot of that too. I'm probably going to make some tonight myself. Thank you, Adam, for it. You know, really, uh, dude. what's that? A little inspiration. You'll have to check out my, uh, I'm doing the virtual classes. I'm going to start those up. And this Sunday I'll be posting equipment and food to follow along with the following Sunday. And all that'll be on my Facebook live. Oh, awesome, man. I'll be sure to tag that for sure. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Adam, for joining me today. This is fun. And uh, for everyone watching, go check out Egg and Flour uh, right on in Crossroads Collective, right on, uh, was it Farwell and uh, uh, North, North Avenue. Avenue, Farwell, yeah. And then Bayview down in, uh, was that Kinnikinick? Yep, KK and Lincoln, right next to Lulu Cafe. Everyone knows Lulu, we're right next door. Oh yeah, um, fantastic uh, pasta made from scratch. We look forward to uh, what Adam has in store in the next year. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.